And then I drink uh, juice. Which kind of juice? Uh, the uh, the um, either the Adwala or the Naked Juice, whatever the green one is, Green Machine, I think is what it's called. Be better if you were just like Juicy Juice. It's Tuesday morning, September twentieth. Man, this year is going by fast. Jesus. Yep. September twentieth, almost fall already. So it happens on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's nine twenty three in the a.m. On the east coast of these United States. And this is On Taking Pictures, episode two. Wait. Wait. 2.30. There you go. 2.30. Episode 2.30. I was getting to my notes. Uh, episode 230. 230 episodes. I mean, think about that. Because in the beginning, we were we were hovering around the two hour mark, one uh, buck forty around there. Yeah. So, you know, between the offline and the online talks, we've probably we have probably we have probably spent five hundred hours talking about photography and creativity. <laughs> Don't say it like that. It makes it sound terrible. That's right? like when people. That's like when people ha- keep all of the beer cans they drink and they build stuff out of it and they go, "Right, I drank all that beer, Jesus." Right. <laughs> We we have we have we have more we have logged more hours talking about photography than Aaron Spelling did producing the Love Boat and Fantasy Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Some people have time on their hands and want. That's to hear amazing. Talk. That it is, is amazing. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long time. All right. So Bill uh, is up in New York. Jeffrey's in D.C. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. For, we were offline before the show. We were talking about uh, Mac OS Sierra, which is going to be released today. What, 10, 10 a.m.? Uh, something like that. Wait, something let me ask like you that. a question, though. What, what, what is your feeling on the name? Sierra? Yeah, going from Yosemite then oh, actually, down to El Cap and then up to Sierra. It's weird, it, right? Well, and, and, and I misspoke. I'm sorry. It is not mac os x or os 10 now it's just mac os <sighs> it's os 10 so it's mac os sierra uh i don't you know i don't know the naming is kind of weird it's whatever yeah okay fair enough sorry whatever. go ahead so uh, yes it's coming I, I, out today. they should they should just call it like mac os glacier yeah how about or just mac os 10.11 or whatever the heck it is Mac OS 2016? Yes, exactly. 2017? Uh, well, now that they're doing a yearly cycle, why not just call it the damn year, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yes, it's coming out uh, in a few hours. A few hours. And we were talking about uh, the the Hackintosh community, of which there are at least a few listeners of the show who have who have built their own machines. And one of the things that both Bill and I are looking forward to is the support for NVIDIA's new GeForce GTX series, particularly the 1060, 70, and 80 mm. video cards that have come out that are offering blistering performance yep. uh, for for not a lot of money. Uh, you got a 1060. What did you pay for it? 250? I haven't bought it yet, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm 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 getting one. Uh, it's a yeah, it's they're 250, 260. So, yeah, there's so like 250 dollars for a six gigabyte card that will outperform a 980. The th- the thousand dollar nine eighty Ti, I believe, won't it yeah. outperform the Ti? Yeah, some, so we're up yes. into Titan territory. It's insane for two hundred fifty yeah. bucks. For two hundred fifty bucks, buy two of them, stick them in your machine, use Resolve, let one of them just sit there and chew away as a as a, a OpenCL and and whatever card, be amazing. 
Yeah. If you're building a machine and, and, and they're terrific gaming cards. That's one of the reasons yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I dual boot into Windows 10 and um, dual Mac boot. OS. So here's what's funny, though. I'm on, I'm on NVIDIA's page right now. Right now, as you speak. As, as we speak. Uh, so product type GeForce, product series, GeForce 10, uh, product GeForce GTX 1060 operating system. So Windows 10, 7, 8, Linux 32-bit, Solaris, free BSD, no Mac OS at all yet. Well, I'm not surprised at that. But there is a CUDA driver for the Mac. Right, but not for that card. Not for this card. Right. No. This is well so, here's here's the thing. Even the drivers that okay, there are drivers that come in Mac OS for NVIDIA cards, right? Just right, stock right. ones. That, but I don't that, think they're they're addressing this chipset. No, they are not, and they the don't Pascal correlate chipset. necessarily to whatever's out there. They are what the, what Apple may have used in the past, right? Including mm-hmm. and some other chips they may not have used in the past. But the, even the aren't driver, they all Radeons moving forward? Even the, the notebooks and the iMacs, aren't they all Radeons? Uh, they inter- have been internally? for a little while, but traditionally Apple has flip-flopped every few years, so who knows, yeah. they may flip back. But, but the interesting thing is that the driver that we uh, collectively as a community use to get support for all these other cards is really only made for the... Uh, for the workstation cards, what is what is their workstation brand? Oh, uh, uh, they're not the the Quadra. Is it Quadra? Yeah, 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 I was yeah, going to yeah. say Fire, but that's a different. That's no, Fire is AMD's, and, yeah. and Quadra is is Nvidia. So those are drivers made for the Quadra that just happen, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, to work with all of these other Nvidia cards. Um, so I mean, you you know that Nvidia is quietly supporting this community. Well, or or at least it doesn't hurt them to do it, right? Right. Right. I mean, I don't think it makes them that much money. I don't think the Hackintosh community is no, but they're certainly not frowning upon it. Is what I'm no, saying. No, and you know what? You you could even do it in real Macs. If you have an old Mac Pro and you want to put in a a, a 980 Ti right now, you could do it. Install the Quadra drivers. The only thing you wouldn't get is the initial little Mac logo, but the minute it gets to the desktop, it's fine. Um, and people have done that. You know, just put in stock PC cards into their Intel Mac Pros, and they work. Um, so anyway, it's, it's interesting and we'll see if it comes out later today and I'm excited. And I actually ordered a, I was telling Jeffrey, I ordered a new SSD in order to install Sierra on. So I don't mess up my current install cause I've got work to do on it, but right. I want to play with it maybe tonight. And, um, yeah, these SSDs are crazy. It was a, <laughs> this crucial thing. Yeah. It's, it's a hundred, uh, 275 gig crucial SSD, MX 300, 200, yeah. Uh, 6998. On Amazon. Is that new egg? Oh, Amazon. Okay. It was a little cheaper on Amazon, and Amazon guaranteed it to me today because I ordered mm-hmm. it yesterday. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, free overday, overnight shipping, essentially. Uh, 530 reads, 510 megabyte per second writes. Yeah, that's on nuts. a thing that costs $70. That's nuts. It's insane. So, anyway. Hey, uh, do you think crazy. we'll ever see uh, a new Mac Pro? A Mac Pro I read the other day that hasn't been updated in a thousand days. Yep. It's been since 2013, right? Do you think we will ever see another professional level machine from Apple or or is 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 the consumer slash fashion market where they've decided they you know, lifestyle? Half the decided. time I, I worry that Apple is abandoning the Macintosh, you know? Yeah. Uh, which which stinks because if I had to take the iPhone or the Mac, I would take the Mac. Yeah. Um, 
it's uh yeah they don't really care about the high end market anymore really I mean so many people have both moved... from a software perspective and a hardware perspective right they get rid of Aperture they got rid I mean they still do Logic and Final Cut I guess but yeah, even but then the Final Cut they been right kind of yeah nerfed a little yeah yeah we're we're gonna make Final Cut for the masses not for the high end editor people who you know the Walter Murches of the world who have now apparently moved to Premiere. And then if you're going to do Premiere, well, if you're going to do Premiere, why not do it on whichever platform you want? Because it's still just right. Premiere, you know? Right. Uh, and I, I used cheaper. to know a lot of people that used Final Cut and the vast majority of them have moved to Premiere Pro. I'm pretty sure Premiere Pro can do a thing, Jeffrey, where you can tell it to use Final Cut 7 keyboard commands. Hmm. So uh. you could literally jump in and be 90% there just, right. you know, because those guys, it's all in out points dropping in, you know, whatever the hell they do uh, when they're doing all the video editing, which is, uh, I don't know, it's just interesting. But yeah, it's a big computer day. Well, we're going to get a little nerdy today, aren't we? It's all right. You're it's all right. right. I'm all right with it. You know, after 230 shows, I think we are allowed to get a little nerdy. <clears throat> we're, we're allowed to get nerdy with it. Uh, so what's, what's this, what's this docu- documentary that we're going to watch and then get yeah. discuss? We're going to try and get, uh, a, a screener of this thing somewhere. It is called camera person. And, uh, what, what did we, what did we settle on? Kirsten Johnston? Okay. Yeah. Cause it could go, it could Kirsten go Kirsten or, Kirsten or it could go Kirsten. And it's I, like I tried and to find, <laughs> oh, don't get her started. <laughs> I tried to find a video of somebody introducing her so I could get, pronunciation but i i couldn't uh <laughs> you you found two videos one was kirsten one was kirsten <laughs> right that's right <laughs> that's right uh but it looks like a beautiful film uh and you know we we have we have thrown around this this term cinematic yeah in in describing photography um and i just thought it would be kind of fun to to put this out there and see what people's reaction is, especially given how how video in the last even just couple of years has has really um, pushed itself into the stills world. Sure, I mean, you, we're going to talk about some cameras later on that that came out at Photokina, and uh, I think all of the major cameras that have come out now include not only video, but pretty damn good video, 4K video, uh, high bit rates. Uh, this, this seems to be, you know, here to stay. Whether or not you choose to use it as a photographer and, and break out of stills and get into motion, that's a different uh, discussion altogether. Sure. But the fact that it's being included on so many cameras. Yeah, technology is, marches on. Right, right. What, what, hold on a second. You, you just you flew by something that I think is interesting, and we can save this for another time. But like, what does cinematic mean? What does that mean to you? Gosh, you know, I, I think cinematic for me, um, it's 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 color, it's mood. Um, there are I don't I don't know that it relates to subject matter. I think it's it's more visceral than anything else for me so so it's a it's a look that may or not be related to certain equipment to get that look i think so i think that's fair yeah, yeah i think that's fair it's um it's, yeah it's an it's a term that gets thrown around really uh, very loosely lately 
it is. When it comes and to and I would love to well. unpack some of that. Because yeah. you're right. What does it mean? Is it is it the uh, the blue orange color grading right, that we've yeah. we've talked a little bit about? Is is it um, widescreen? Yeah, is it widescreen? Is it a certain ratio? Uh, is it is it depth of field? Is it yeah? Is it a certain uh, lighting style? Um, the problem is is that you could find counterexamples for all of those things I just listed to examples of actual cinema, which breaks whatever convention you just came up with. Right. Um, it is. It is a buzzword that that I mean i I use it myself at times to describe some of my conceptual stuff, mostly because it's a shorthand that works. You know. Right. I, if sometimes yeah, I, I, I feel like buzzwords are like that, right? Where it's, it's just one a of those. Yeah, it's one of those terms where people may not know exactly what you mean by it, but it does mean something to them. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, difficult. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, it may not be the right. I, I'm trying to to learn more. I think I mentioned this last week. I'm, I'm reading a book called Wingless Pegasus, a handbook for critics. And uh, uh, I'm trying to get better about the language that I use when when describing things or when even when thinking about them in in internally for myself and what i should be looking for as uh not even a critic as someone trying to appreciate different work i'm i'm trying to uh learn more about how to appreciate visual work wait does, do you think that appreciation requires being able to discuss your appreciation no, but I would like to I would like to unpack a little more of why I do or don't like something. And, and you if want to I, do that verbally. Yeah, well, either that or or written in the written okay. word. Okay. Um but but I what I would like to do is I think we all tend to have kind of knee-jerk reactions to work. Art, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's film, yeah, and more than more than just a few times, I've gone back to something that I previously had a reaction to, good or bad. This has happened both both ways, and upon sort of further inspection or or after discussing it with someone who maybe had a different opinion than I did or saw something differently than I did, I've gone back and gone, oh. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I want I want to kind of teach myself or get in in the habit of not immediately jumping the gun to to r- rush to judgment, but rather have a more informed understanding of what it is that I want to be looking for anyway. Yeah. I there's also the question of how much of your reaction and you being the general you. Mhm is it's sort of a nature nurture conversation right how much is the 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 baggage that you're carrying that you then reflect in a piece of work of art versus sure. what that work of art is actually presenting unto itself you know sure um sure and I, th- I think so much of the way that we all perceive art or the things that we like the movies that we like the photography that we like is largely related to the lives we led up till now and, and how we see ourselves and the, the pain or the good that we've gone through over the years, you know, this kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, 
I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, one of the people that I, I had a terrific conversation over the weekend with somebody who I've wanted to talk to for a long time, and that's Andy Adams from Flack Photo. Okay. And uh, we are, we're going to do something probably for Process Driven, I think. But uh, we've wanted to connect for a while and, and for whatever reason we hadn't, but we had a conversation over the weekend and he is just a sweetheart, one of the nicest people you could meet, knowledgeable, um, his, his, his passion for all things photography is incredible. And, and his knowledge of photography. I mean, he's, he's doing this as a hobby. This is not a, a revenue stream. He's not looking to monetize it. He's, he's, he's in it for the craft of photography and to uncover and share photographers that he finds interesting. Right. Um, so he's somebody that I, I think is, is going to be a fantastic conversation as I myself am trying to work through um, some sort of deeper analysis uh, of, of work. Of other people's work. Of other people's, well, yeah, and, and I think that's going to reflect back on my own work. Right, 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 right. You know, eventually. Uh, how but, yeah. relevant is, though, and I'm not, uh, how relevant is, you, you, you look at some person's photography, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a certain reaction to it. You like it, you don't like it for X reasons. And then you'd spend a lot of time teasing out the, 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 the foundation of why your brain reacted that way, right? How relevant is that to somebody else who's seeing that work? Or is that just an interesting representation of how one person sees it and teasing it out? You know, does, does that apply communally in your head? I think it does. Oops, yeah. Just whack the table again. I think it does simply because the language, and, and this is something that I've learned from, from fielding that, that, the, the, the language and the, and, and the meaning behind language and symbols is collective. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking about this How the very other day. Robert and, Langdon of you. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she was like, you know, the, the reason this is a book isn't because one person decided it was a book. It is collectively accepted that this is a book or you right. know, whatever it is. Language derives uh, meaning from the collective or, or ascribes meaning from the collective. And, so yeah, I think that 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 your experience of a body of work or an individual piece can add to or subtract from or somehow inform or influence someone else's appreciation for it. If by no other means than to just introduce you to that work. Hey, I've I you know, I saw this particular body of work. I saw this photographer. You should check it out. Uh, we get that all the time. We get emails sure. every day yep. from people who go, hey, how about this person for photographer of the week? Or yep. have you seen this? So, and 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 it's not, this is the other thing is it's not, the emails that we get are not just, hey, check out my work. That's. No, mostly um, it's check out other people's work. Yeah. It's a, it, the check out my work is a, is a very small percentage of the emails that we get. Mostly it is, oh my gosh, have you guys seen this? Or. Uh, I just found out uh, this and I thought you'd like it. Well, it's, so, it's yeah, also, I do it, think it's collective. It's also interesting though, that you, you're thinking about it in terms of language and your interpretation of say photography, because like in, in my own head, I don't think about 
art in 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 terms of of language and words. But you do if you're going to discuss it, and that's what I'm. That's well, what I'm yeah, focused no, on is discussing. Absolutely. But but there but there are people who, for whom it would make more sense to play a piece of music to describe what it is that you're feeling from a piece of art, mm-hmm, another piece mm-hmm. of art, or you know. However, I mean, you know, what is the old. Uh, uh, the writing about music is like dancing about architecture. You know, that old super <laughs> right, quote. Right, right. Um, okay. Here's something. What about this as a personal project? Yep. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to fumble, but I think you'll know where I'm going rather than writing about a particular photographer or musician or write a body of creative body of work. Okay. Insert, insert, Right. Discipline here. here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rather than writing about it, what if the criticism, what if the discussion, and I'm, I'm air quoting my mic here, yep. what if the discussion was a gallery of images, that you went out and created a gallery of images, a, a, your own sort of photo essay as a response to, to somebody else's X body of work? Right, so we we choose a song or something, and 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 a song or another visual body yeah, of work, yeah. the, a, you a know, statue the, or something, yeah. Whatever. Right, right, yeah. That uh, might be an interesting project or an interesting series of projects, yeah. and see what comes out of it. it. See, it would almost be more interesting to me to not use something visual, right? So that it's about the translation between the senses. Hmm. You know, so we are using something visual in this case, photography for to describe something like a meal or a, 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 a piece, a dance work. Maybe even that's visual, uh, for auditory. So it's a meal. Or, I mean, a, a meal's visual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, well, see, that's interesting too, because I, yeah, you are entirely correct, but I don't think about food visually. I think about food taste buds. Uh, you know, orally, which is just really, it's, it's, so that's really interesting also how different people perceive it. If a, if a, if a, uh, a meal is plated really well, I'll, I'll fr- on, on a cursory level say, oh, wow, that's really pretty the way they put that on the plate, but that's not going to make me enjoy the food more or less for me. You know, um, it's just, it's ev- how everybody weights different things is amazing to me. It's kind of cool. Yeah, we should do that. The the trick would be coming up with whatever the initial factor is, you know, with the initial conversation pieces, you know. You still there? Yeah, I am. I'm writing notes. I'm I'm writing a <laughs> nonverbal discussion and criticism. What would be really cool? How about how about we go uh, full on artistic telephone here, uh, and uh, do it as we 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 we. Take a, I don't know, let's take a, take a song, describe it with photographs, and then have somebody find a piece of dance that matches, you know, like make it two steps away and see how much of it still exists, you know? That'd be hmm. kind of fun. Uh, I, I do, I, I guess my point is, is that you, you love words and you're very good with words and your bias is towards describing things in words. And that's interesting, but, but it is, it is a, it, and, and you're right that that's the, that's the lingua franca as it were of criticism. But, but I wonder how much is getting lost in people who maybe, uh, aren't as facile with words as you are, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to hear, and maybe this is a project. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I got to write this down. 
Okay. So so take a jazz musician to a museum or for for either a particular body of work or 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 just walking yeah. through the I I think it would be more effective for a, a particular body of work. Yeah. And now go perform an yeah. improvisation in response to that body of work and yeah. record that. Exactly. That's my discussion. That's my critique. That's my yes. those are my thoughts around around this body of work yeah, that this would is, be interesting this is how i feel after watching that you know experiencing that thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that would be fascinating see yeah that would be see that that to me is interesting um because you know there's something about i as much as i love words i think words can also not in your case but in a lot of people can be used to obfuscate something else or to they are themselves how do i put this because this is common to all of the arts um i i feel like they have their own bias and and they have their own veil to to what's underneath you know mm -hmm. like you think you're you think you're clarifying by using different words but in many ways you're just making the whole thing more complex you know does the delivery change? I mean, do, does the does the meaning change with the delivery? I, I was reading uh, something about uh, Roger Ebert over the weekend, and he, he, here's a guy who who uh, made a living talking about film, discussing film, right? Okay, and then lost his ability to discuss film in the way that he had been discussing film for decades. And it was it was in that loss of speech that you could argue he found a new voice. He yeah, embraced by, by, social by, media. He embraced blogging, and yeah. not just about filmmaking, but everything in his life became not fodder but subject matter for his keyboard. Do you think that Roger Ebert's writing changed when he couldn't could no longer speak? Yes. I, I, I haven't read enough to comment on that, but so that's why I'm asking. Yeah, so I think it, what I think it, be it did. It became more uh, concise or I, did it become- I don't become think it became more concise. I think it became, uh, it felt like the world became even more interesting to him because he was writing about everything, not just this performance or this cinematographer or this particular festival. He was writing about everything. Right. He was writing about his childhood. He was writing about his wife. He was writing, he was writing about his life, not just his profession. Yeah. And, and for a person who was all about words, I mean, he, he was true. That wasn't like a jazz musician suddenly not being able to breathe and not being able to play anymore. That right. was, you know, uh, uh, somebody who, who could still sort of do what they were doing but just did it in a different form and mm -hmm. in a, in arguably writing down versus speaking is a more deliberate way of doing it. Now, of course I know Roger Ebert wrote a lot and I mean, that's his bread and butter, but he was sure. also known as somebody who could speak extemporaneously about these subjects. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a, uh, wow. That's a good one. See, yeah. camera person takes us in different directions. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. and we haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, we, we, we had this in the show notes last week. I think it's actually ties in really well with what we're talking about here. 
Uh, so this is a New York Times article called uh, What Did You See in Art Nearly 50 People Told Us? Right. Uh, it is... Uh, a bunch of us actually went to this show, which was uh, this unfinished uh, thoughts uh, left visible uh, at the Met Brewer. So it was a couple floors of artists through the centuries, and they were unfinished paintings, works of art by these people. Some of from from really famous people, uh, you know, uh, Picasso and Alice Neal and and Cy Twombly and and you know Titian and 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 Greco. Uh, so, you know, people through, through the ages. And I, I think this is really interesting because I think as I was saying before, it really does feel, especially when you hear these people discuss these different works, they ask basically two people what their take is on each, each of these pieces. And they almost always have, uh, uh, not diametrically opposed, but very different ways of looking at the same piece of work, you know? Well, and I, I wonder if these were if the answers themselves were curated to show that sort of polarity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah. 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 But regardless of if that was true, it's still interesting that, that you could find such sure. disparate stuff going on in the well, same. Uh, I mean, look, museum attendance has been dropping for, for years and don't museums- tell them that when you go there on a Saturday afternoon. But go ahead. Well, right. uh, and and you know they're they're looking for ways, different ways to connect with with museum goers, um, and and part of that is context. Part of that is is giving the museum goer that sort of collective connection to why this piece or pieces are important. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this this was fascinating that some of the people looking at these things just didn't connect at all. Uh, but then there were some pretty insightful observations just in a sentence or two. Absolutely, yeah. And and some of them were looking at it on a very visceral, uh, I am definitely not an art nerd level. And then others were looking at it on a very, oh, I can speak to the, the time that Cy was painting in the 80s and, you know, right. that kind of stuff, right? So, um yeah, this, there's a comment, uh, the Cezanne, Paul Cezanne, these flowers, uh, two yep. comments. Those empty spaces could be light. If you put more there, it's almost too much information. Like this is allowed to breathe. Yep. Yeah, uh, I like that Another one, actually. perspective, there are only a few strokes here, but I can tell the petals feel velvet. Yeah. That's kind of a neat observation. Yep. Yeah. And 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 who knows, you know, why? And then there's the the next one down, uh, the Ferdinand Hodler. Yeah. Uh, where one guy says uh it's not it's not begging to be finished like it's sort of kind of finished already right you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then somebody else this is the way they come at it i've seen a bunch of deathbed paintings i didn't realize it was a woman until i saw the feet that's a jeremy cole 24 designer from toronto thinks you know right uh and and then william meyerhofer says uh there's something about coming out as a gay man in the 80s and seeing so many of my friends dying that reminds me of this so he's thinking about all his friends that died of aids Right. right. So right. it's, 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 it's what you bring to it, man. Like, you know, I'll look at that and, you know, you and I are going to see our, our, our dead fathers, you know, and, but a lot of people won't, they'll see maybe some movie they've seen or what, what have you, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there's, I think that the, it's, 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 man, art is more of a mirror than I like to give it credit for. Yeah. I think, I think we have far less 
as people who make stuff, we have far less power over how people perceive our work than we think that we do. You know, so in some ways you might as well just do whatever it is that you feel speaks what you want to say. And whether or not that gets communicated effectively may have little to do with how good of a job you did communicating it. Right. You know, well, um, I think I think that's that's kind of uh, not the secret, as it were. But I, I think that's one of the things that is a recurring theme among makers and creators and artists and whatever term we're giving them this week uh, is that you, you make the work that you want to see. Yeah. 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 Be, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, I mean, <laughs> make right. the art you want to see in the I world. I mean, even, even, you know, the, the, my, my book, I've been working on this book for more than a year. I have no illusions about, you know, retiring with the amount of money that's going to be made. I, there's nothing there. And I've talked to enough photographers about books and to, to, to realize that, that all I can do is make the end product that I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whether I, whether I spend six weeks further on it or six months further is really not going to affect the outcome of who purchases it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or I, you know, I'm not going to have any direct effect on it. So why not just do the thing I want to do? get it out there, ship it and move on because yep. that's what I can control. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I had, I gave this talk last night and uh, I was talking through some stuff and these, and these woman in the audience said, you yeah, know, like, I, I, I saw that you really prepared for it, Bill. <laughs> I don't need to prepare for those things. Well, I need to prepare my files. I don't need to yeah. prepare what I'm going to say. Um, but so I'm there and, and, you know, I'm showing off some stuff and, and this, this woman says, you know, like, why do you, why do you make, like, what are these for? Why do you make them? And I said, well, I make them because I, because I, it's, it's, it, why do I make them? I make them because I'm bored and I want to do something other than watch TV. You know, it's like, I want to, I want this, this makes me happy in some way. I'm not doing it for the money. You know, this, this kind of artsy photography doesn't make a lot of money for most people. You know, this is, yeah, maybe a piece that would get me commercial work or it could maybe be up in a gallery somewhere, but I'm certainly not going to make back the money that I'm spending if you break it out time-wise. Right. I make it because I like what it looks like and I wish if I saw somebody else doing it, I'd be like, oh, that was cool. So I want to make somebody else look at my work and go, oh, that's cool. I want to do something mm -hmm. neat, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I feel like that is that may be the best you're ever going to hope for, right? I mean, the, the rest of it may come. You may be financially successful. You may become critically successful. But um, there was a uh, – did, did you listen to the – there was a Mark Maron interview with uh, Billy Crystal? Uh, somebody you're – the, you're the second or third person to suggest that one. I have not listened to that one. Okay, so th there was a little anecdote he told about uh, this old comedian that he had been friends with from the, he's some guy from the fifties whose name I can't remember. And I'm was sorry. it Buddy Hackett? No, 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 no. It wasn't anybody I'd ever heard of, but it was some famous writer guy or something. And he had given Billy Crystal a uh, uh, sort of a leg up back in the day, and the guy was on uh, on his last legs in his new show, the comedian show he did with Josh Gad. Is that the guy's name? Okay. Um, uh, was coming out, and so he he was in New York for for a a book tour or whatever it is and he he uh, uh a show tour press tour and so he went by this guy's house and helped the guy's uh, uh woman his caretaker set up a a um a vcr you know to record it so he could watch it later because the guy was getting tired and falling asleep and he knew that 
this would probably be the last time he saw this guy because the guy's health was on the way out. And the guy, uh, as he was leaving, he says, D- you know, don't worry, Joe, whatever the guy's name was. You're, you're, you know, it's all set up. You can watch it in the morning, go to sleep, you, whatever. And the guy uh, looked at him and he said, you know, are, are you, are you proud of it? You know, do you like it? Do you think you did a good job? To Billy Crystal. Yeah. 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 He said, you know, on the, in this, in this project. And he said, yeah, I really do. I think it's good. And, and the guy said, you know, hold on to that. They can't ever take that away from you. Like that's, that is the only thing you get for sure mm-hmm. is if you think you did a good job. And ultimately, it's everyone else can say what they want to say. If you think you did a good job, then you fulfilled the promise of the project. You know, uh, you f- fulfilled the promise of your work to yourself because then you at least have that. And I hate to say emotional safety net, but you you see, at least have that 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 solid sense of something that doesn't involve anybody else. You know, it's how you felt no, about it's, it before it's sort of it was like this. Uh, existential security blanket yes exactly. you know you you you've got this thing that you can that you can go well you know nobody else liked it but you know what i'm proud of it i like it right exactly and and that's that's all that really matters right uh when it comes down uh, to it if if you are yes if if you're in a position well, I'm not talking about from from a marketing point of view. I'm yeah, just yeah, talking, sure, I, sure. I'm just talking from a, a people point of view. You know, for yep. a personal point of view, uh, there's there's a satisfaction that that only you can give yourself. If you're waiting for external gratification, it's wow. You, you know, you're going to be waiting a long time because you're going to get both. You know, you can, only you can make yourself happy. Only you can prevent. Yeah, I mean that's fires. you know that's right. Thank you, Smokey. I mean that was something that that my mom used to say to me growing up all the time. She would say happiness is an inside job. Right, right. You know we got we got we got an email last week from a from a guy who who uh, I need to reply to. Uh, sorry, listener, who shall remain nameless because I don't know if he wants his name on that. Um, so wait, but, do you want do? Are we going to talk about it? You don't want to talk about it. Well, I, w- I was gonna, I was gonna hint on it. Maybe if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. If it doesn't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, talking about like doubting his own work and looking at work and not knowing if it's if it's a reasonable uh, uh, thing to 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 go on, or 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 if he can trust his own feelings of of what the art he's making and if it has any place in modern galleries or you know all these kinds of questions. And and I think that th- I think that I mean you could sit there and you could take marketing research. You know, you could take polls to find out whether or not people like it, but but I don't think that that's how most people who you respect ever made whatever they made. You know, sort of like making no, art it's by not. Committee. I don't think it is. You know, look at look at some of the some of the some of the most iconic films in history were were, were driven by a vision, a singular vision. Yeah. Uh, Most of the time, oftentimes for everyone else around them saying they're insane. Yeah. Right. The apocalypse yeah. now kind of syndrome. Yeah. What keep, is the, keep in mind a committee greenlit a point break remake. Right. <laughs> Wait, what, what is the apocalypse now <laughs> documentary? Uh, well, Heart of Darkness. Is that what it's called? But that's the original name of the book, right? Uh, I'll find I'll find it. Keep going. Sorry. Isn't that what it is? 
I, I, I thought, well, that's the original book that it was based on. So what is the documentary, uh, production yeah. documentary? Oh, Hearts, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, it is. Hearts of actually. Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. Yeah. 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 Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a singular vision driving that flick. Right. Coppola was, yeah. that was his baby. Right? Yeah, Hearts of Darkness, Filmmaker's Apocalypse, right. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can find it online other places, so go look for it. But yeah, it's it's a move, a 96-minute movie made by, I think, his wife, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't his wife one of the people who worked on this? I'm not sure. Uh, about the making of uh, uh, Apocalypse Now and, and how much Coppola was putting all of his money on the line, everything he had made from The uh, Godfather, right? He was just like, ah, oh, the hell with it. I'm going all in was borrowing money from friends to get it finished. And everyone right. said, this is a boondog. It'll never work. And now it's one of the top 10 movies of all well, time. You know? Look at, uh, I mean, you could say the same about Disney. Sure. Who, who had this crazy nutty idea that people were going to come to a theme park to ride rides. Right. And hit up family and friends and everybody <clears throat> went door to door looking for money. Right. And people thought he was nuts. Yeah, well, he was nuts, but just well, for kind of reasons. Yeah. yeah, but <laughs> but I so I mean, and and I don't necessarily mean to say that this listener stuff should be on the walls of what I I don't you know I don't who am I to say right you know but you can only you can only make that assertion looking back you can't make it looking forward <clears throat> right right which which makes it very difficult though then to listen to different people's comments or criticism on your own work right because mm-hmm. people have differing opinions it's like well hell if if he says this needs you know this is great except for this blue part and the other guy says the blue part is the best part well what the hell do i know or they know or anybody know you know right the only thing you can do is make it so that you can go to sleep that night and say yeah i kind of like the blue even if everyone else says the blue is the worst part maybe the blue part is the part that you really like so the hell with it do it make it blue because you actually might be right in the long run and you're just getting a small sample of people who might be turned around by the fact that they they take a little more time looking at it and suddenly they understand why the blue was so great. Uh yeah, it's 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 so difficult. Uh I don't know. We'll 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 discuss that more some other time. <sighs> you all right? Yeah, I think I need a, either a shower or uh <laughs> or a nap. another cup of coffee or a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, we have. A, no, this uh, is good. I love this. This is this is where th- this is where I want to spend more time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think that it's um. It's 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 dangerous to start questioning yourself too much. You know, I think I think really you have to trust yourself at a certain level. Because if you don't trust yourself, then what is the point? You know, then you're just you're just. Uh, well, you can you know, and, and you can we, listen to other we, people, but really, I mean, ultimately, you you can't dismiss your own thoughts. You know, right? And and right or wrong, uh, we we live in a in a time where the market will tell you virtually immediately what they think of of whatever it is that you do. Uh, and if you are uh, swayed by that or or guided by that, that's going to be tough. Right, right. Because the first people, the loudest people to chime in, they may not be right in the long term. Yeah, they probably, in fact, yeah, they, they likely won't be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not struggling with, with, I'm not struggling. I'm, I'm, 
uh, in sort of a reflective phase of figuring out how to embrace um, process moving forward and how much to share moving forward. Um, is, is there power in mystery of process? I think yes, uh, for certain things. Uh, I, I get a lot of emails asking how and why and, you know, especially re lately, which is very strange. I don't know if they got posted somewhere, but lately I've been getting a lot of emails about some of my mixed media work asking how I do X, Y, and Z. Right. And rather than than writing that down to bring us around to the previous discussion, I've been thinking about reluctantly embracing video to show how I do them and, and start and finish works or and a just two kind minute of take, time lapse. Yeah. And just sort of document and take people along for the ride. Um, I can, I can show you, I can show you how I do something, but I can't show you why and where I do something. Right. You know, and it's the same with, with, you know, you're working on this, this dream series. You can explain a concept of a particular piece, but somebody else is going to go out and shoot and light and post that in a completely different manner than you did. Yeah, if I, if I use two or three sentences to describe each photo and let other people go out and make that photo based on my sentences, you would get very different stuff. Sure. Yep. Of course. So I, I am I am slowly coming around to the idea of of um, more transparent sort of documentation so more transparent versus less transparent yeah do you think that there's there there's a middle ground that loses meaning you know what i mean like kind of maybe make, but make i make up your I, mind I, either 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 no, i'm not saying that to you i'm saying to, to myself or to whatever that you know make up your mind either tell us everything or don't tell us anything <laughs> well I, you know i i've been reading a, a lot because i took a break from reading and you know the house stuff and you know just i i'm finding that that I'm getting back into it. And then one of the things that I'm I'm rereading is a book by Austin Kleon, who is terrific. If you don't follow Austin on, on Twitter or anything, he posts some interesting stuff. Uh, and this one is Show Your Work. He's he's written a couple, Steal Like an Artist and Show Your Work. And I wrote down, I took notes and, and wrote down one particular part of Show Your Work that I've been kind of circling. Uh, and, and it is, it, if you'll indulge me, it's two sentences. Okay. Uh, once a day, after you've done your day's work, go back to your documentation and find one little piece of your process that you can share. Where you are in your process will determine what that piece is. If you're in the very early stages, share your influences or what's inspiring you. If you're in the middle of executing a project, write about your methods or share the works in progress. If you've just completed a project, show the final product, share scraps from the cutting room floor, or write about what you've learned. And it's that part at the end there. Writing about what, what you've learned. learned. That's what's got me hooked. That's that's. Yeah, but you could do that to yourself without necessarily sharing it, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 yes, I, but I, again, getting getting me back to this sort of collective uh meaning of language i'd i'd like to hear how that's interpreted i'd like to hear responses and and have conversations and start dialogues ab about 
what I'm working through and 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 learn what you're working through and have yeah. conversations with you about what you're working through. Is, the, is But is there, I feel like the whole share, sharing the details, sharing the process, that's it's very much the, the zeitgeist of our times, right? That, that we want to share everything. Everything's open. Everything's I, social. You know what? Everything's... Yes and no. I do, think do you idea- want to see a time lapse of Michelangelo making the David and showing the scraps of marble on the floor? Oh, I think that would be fascinating. It would be, but it would completely change the way you see the David. No? Uh, Isn't there something about seeing know. it as a thing the, of that's just like there was nothing look, and then there's I, this? I'm not talking about vlogging. Okay, I'm not talking about... Uh, <laughs> I love the disdain in which you said vlogging uh, just then. <laughs> I'm just... Well, I'm not talking about trying to be sort of internet famous for the sake of being internet famous. I'm actually... I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... And, and you know what? Kudos to you if that's what you're doing. Don't even get me started, though, on the whole, like, demonetization of YouTube and all the, you know, YouTubers complaining that YouTube somehow owes them a living for posting their dumb crap all over... Anyway, that that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about Tell us how is, you really feel, Jeffrey. Well, it's just ugh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I didn't want to get you off the track. It's a business, kids. It's yeah. a business. I'm I'm talking about uh really establishing a dialogue uh, uh, uh around the idea of making and working through the idea of of putting things out into the world. And look, I mean, I, 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 I don't mean to be disparaging. I'm sure there's a great audience for, for people like that. I just feel like when I watch some of these things, and I do watch some just to get an idea of what, what's out there and try to keep at least in tune with what's being out there. And, and I got to tell you, a, a lot of the video content, a lot of the vlog content just seems like I've got a camera running while I go about my daily life, but my daily life isn't really that interesting. I just have a camera on all the time. Well, that's reality television, isn't it? And that's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking okay. about more targeted. Like if I'm doing a screen printing project or if I'm if I'm working with paper stencils instead of photosensitive stencils, I'm going to take you along for that ride. If I'm doing emulsion transfers and, and 30 people have emailed me going, what's an emulsion transfer and how do I do it? I, I don't want it to be tutorially, but I do want it to be... An extension of basically what I'm doing here and on process driven. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that something of a value judgment in the sense that the people who have a camera on maybe maybe there's there's other people who would say who gives a crap what medium he's using on this this painting that's just such minutia why is he bothering to, to absolutely to video it, right absolutely and I'm and I'm not look I, I, again my my knee jerk reaction is to go this is dumb but you know. Who am I to argue with 45 million PewDiePie subscribers? I mean, they find value in their something. I think the guy's goofy, but... Well, I think know, that's the value for many of those people. That he's goofy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that the, you're, you're, you're also competing with 12-year-old kids, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, the, that we, we have so many fantastic tools available to us. And, and the web as as a space, as a platform, as an extension of real life, whatever, you know, sort of metaphor you want to use. Sure. The fact is, at its core, it's fluid. And this is something that I talked a little bit about with Andy, is that, you know, it, back in the days of, of print only, if you printed 100,000 copies of the magazine or, or 100,000 copies of a catalog 
and realize that you screwed up somehow, well, you're stuck. There's nothing you can do. Yep. You've, you've printed it. It's physical. It's out in the world. Whereas, whereas the web, I can try something different. It may get me a lot of flack. It may uh, get me uh, a great dialogue. It may start a new conversation. But, but the fact is, I don't feel like I have embraced a medium that I spend so much time being a part of. I don't, I don't feel like I've embraced it on, on, uh, on some levels that I'd like to explore. Okay. It may not work, but it costs me nothing but time and bandwidth, both of which I can squeeze in. You're like, I've got plenty of. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's get back to that jello shot conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's, yeah. All right. More on this later. We got, yeah. we got plenty of time. More as it develops. See, um, there, that, was a, that was a photography joke right there. Uh, I'm going to start uh, reading a, an ad for Squarespace. Uh, why don't you go into the email and pull out some listeners' websites that we can call out in Honey, the Honey, I've already got websites queued up for you days. You got it ready? I, All right. I, I have been looking at some of our listeners' websites all weekend. You spent your entire weekend looking at listeners' websites? I didn't spend all weekend. Some of them are Squarespace. Some of them are not. I'm going to call out a couple of them. Jason Martin. Uh, is it Omnoculus? Omnoculus. That's a cool I think name. Yeah. Uh, Jason Martin. Uh, really fun stuff, particularly the Desert Noir series. It's the first gallery set that he's got on his page. Um, I really like that a lot. Um, there's also... Um, is it Corners Up? Is that the one? Yeah, Corners Up, another architecture series that's on his website, all black and whites. Uh, really terrific series. Jason Martin. So that's that's one. Uh, Panoramas, Robert Campbell. Uh, I think he's using a different platform, but really fun. Just uh, and and again, kind of gets us back to the beginning. Cinematic panoramas. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Garen, I like what you're doing here. Garen's talking about all kinds of things. And Garen, I feel your pain about the profit. I wanted a profit five so bad when I was a kid. Uh, I used to take uh, my mom down to the music store and, and beg her for a profit five, but they were just too much. We didn't have the dough. Uh, but apparently Behringer has got a new analog synth coming out that, uh, Garen talks about on his website. It looks actually pretty darn cool. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that um, yeah, all of these analog modeling synths make these things amazingly easy. Yeah, um, they've gotten really close. Uh, another one, Mick Buston. Mick, love this site. Some really interesting work. Uh, I like your street stuff. I like that you're mixing it up with black and white and color. Uh, you've got some stuff in there that reminds me of Rinzi Ruiz, who I think is just a terrific photographer. Um, really fun stuff. And, uh, let's see who else, who else have I got? I think those were the three that I picked out. I didn't want to spend a ton of time on them, but, uh, keep them coming. If you have not seen some of our talented listeners, and I, I, I don't mean that in any sort of sarcastic way, and I'm not using hyperbole, you guys are, are, are putting up some fantastic work. Yeah. Uh, head over to the G plus group. Uh, the link will be in the show notes yep. and uh, it's a listeners sites section and you can see some of the, some of the listeners of OTP and uh, look, a lot of people have some prints up there for sale. So if you dig 
somebody's work and uh, and and want to want to pick up a print, that would be cool. And um, it's uh, uh, well, we got seventeen hundred sixty-six people in this group now. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, this episode of On Taking Pictures is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you, because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, they've got, uh, they look professionally designed, of course, you no know, coding required, look great regardless of your skill level. Uh, intuitive, easy-to-use tools, you can drag and drop stuff in, I was describing the other day to a friend of mine who wants to start a podcast called fitless and it's going to be her and her friends trying out all kinds of crazy uh exercise classes and then discussing them afterwards with a comic tinge fit list or fitless fitless like f-i-t-l-e-s-s yes fitless okay uh and uh she's gonna start that and so we we i we bought a couple mics that's the call i made to you the other day oh that's what you were asking me about yeah, okay what'd you end up you, going with uh ended up going with the silvery ones which one is that the, the 2100s 2100s yeah she liked the 2100 uh yep. she got two of those we haven't she hasn't gotten them yet uh, so we're gonna i'm gonna explain to her how to use those with GarageBand. And then uh, we we started her up on a Squarespace site, fitless, Terrific. fitlesspodcast.com. Terrific. Uh, nothing up there yet, but uh, there will be. Uh, and uh, how easy it is. She was like, oh, you just like drag stuff in. I was like, yep, just drag stuff in. Uh, and you get a free domain name for a year. If, when you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. So she got fitlesspodcast.com instead of spending whatever, 15, 20 bucks somewhere else. She gets it included. Uh, so for, start right your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code OTP, which I did when uh, when uh, my good friend uh, purchased her site, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for on taking pictures. And right. uh, you, uh, thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and not taking pictures. Uh, I am very happy having switched over to Squarespace for my own site because it's something I don't have to think about anymore. You know, I will tell you, um, I am so, and, and, and you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring it down a little bit here real quick. I'm going to get serious on you, Bill. Drop a beat, Bill. Uh, it sounds like a Radiolab thing. <laughs> Remember that, that, that video of the president? Drop a beat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Lin-Manuel yeah, yeah. was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop that beat. <laughs> uh, oh, Ryan, Ryan Katzanes. I forgot. Is it Katzanes? Did we decide that? Ryan, I forgot to mention your site. Terrific site. Big, beautiful pictures. Another Squarespace site. And uh, the guy that you've photographed in LA at Roast to Go, that is one of my favorite places. Probably my favorite place to get tacos downtown LA. It's in Central Market. Love it. Thank you for posting it. Anyway, um, I, I am so tired of dealing with WordPress. <laughs> I really you're, am. You're, and you're a serious WordPress fan. I am a serious WordPress fan. Or I have and been, I've been in the past. Yeah, and I've been using WordPress for a long time, since probably 2006, seven, somewhere in there. Um, but I am just, you know what? It's, it's, it's great for what it does. I mean, all of these things are great for what they do. But I am, I am, you and I are similar in that if there is something... <laughs> If there is something for us to monkey around with, we will find a reason to monkey yep. around with it. I don't want I, I it's I don't want to spend my extra cycles monkeying around with stuff that really doesn't matter anymore. 
Right, but become, we do it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I could I, move this. You know what? If I just, it'll just take a minute. I can just, yep. this is a pixel. I could just change, I could do all this minutia crap. Yep, yep. Uh, so I think I am going to send a note to uh, to Derek uh, at, at Squarespace and say, hey, can we, can we, can you save me from myself? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, because uh, this is I. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, the, yeah. They're set, they're set it and forget it. That should be their tagline. That is uh, essentially the way I see it. And you know, I gotta say, the one thing I like about it is that I don't really think about security stuff really anymore. Right. In the sense that I'm not worried that my site is up to date because somebody has some new, you know, attack on something that I'm using some PHP sure. script or whatever. It's like that's sure. their problem, not my problem anymore. Um, do do we know? Have they given up on not given up on, but have they have they dropped the naming convention? Because remember, like Squarespace six was big, and then Squarespace 7. are oh, they, are they is it just Squarespace? I mean, are they? Cause it seems uh, yeah. like they're constantly making updates and changes now, not doing sort of a versioning. I think maybe they've got to the point where they have a better foundation than they had before. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that they're mm-hmm. more satisfied with, so that they can build stuff on top of it more easily. So they're just kind of adding stuff. I guess it's sort of like windows 10, right? Where it's just like, it's supposed to be windows 10 forever now. You know, oh, is, just it? Go- is that the thing? Yeah. It's just going to be windows 10 and they're just going to keep improving windows 10. That's huh. it. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Hey, right. uh, before we get into this, uh, photo Kina stuff, can I just make a couple comments? Um, yeah, I went, no, and Bill, you may not make a couple comments. I, I went and held that, uh, the new Hasselblad, the little guy. Right. The X1, X1D. Is that what it's called? Right. Right. It's cute. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it, it may be cute, but uh, Hobby just posted David Hobby, strobist. David, yep. we have to have a conversation. David, you're just over in Maryland. I'm just in D.C. Why don't we make this happen? What's going on? Uh, he, he was at Photokina and held the new Fuji, which we'll get to. Right. Said right, it's right. lovely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So we'll get to that in one second. That's why I wanted to say this first. Uh, okay. Here's here's my problem with a lot of these mirrorless cameras, and, and this is a problem with technology in general other than cell phones. Mm-hmm. Cell phones have made processors so freaking cheap and so incredibly powerful, right? We have this huge ramp up of what you can do with your phone, right? Sure. And yet, almost every camera that I, that I use that is some sort of electronic-y camera, like this X1D, which is EVF and electronic shutter and all the rest of it, feels like a slow dog the day you get it. And I I know they probably started designing this thing three years ago and the chip they used is probably whatever. But if you're spending $10,000 on a camera, that thing should be blazing fast, right? That thing should be, there's like no thought at all about dealing with anything on it. And the interface was nice. It felt great in the hands, but you press the shutter and it goes, and then the EVF comes back on. And then the EVF comes back on. There is almost a second break between taking the picture. And is it the really that long? Coming. It's really that long. It was wow. unbelievable. I was like, wow, that's a long time. You know, like hmm. to the point where you, it would be fine if you were a street photographer, maybe, or if you were a landscape photographer. But if you're a guy like me who has a subject in front of me, I can't not see the subject for a second every time I take a picture, you know? Like that's, that's not cool in today's well, you're world. You're not shooting sports. I mean, wh- no, 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 no. But like, but you know, in that, in that second, I could have popped off another frame that might be the moment that I missed, you know, cause I'm looking through the viewfinder waiting for well, it maybe, to come back Maybe up. that's not the right camera. No, it, exactly. My point though, is that 
apparently they're working on firmware. Like there was a guy there and he was like, oh, we're working on firmware to try to speed that up. So obviously it's something they realize is an issue, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just kind of thinking, man, you could have put a super fast processor in here if that's what's slowing it down or whatever little bit is slowing it down. I'm sure it couldn't be more than five bucks to get the faster version, you know? Because this stuff it can uh, in bulk, be, you mean? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know amort what I'm amortized over fourteen million processors. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, come on, this is not rocket science here, you know. And I just feel like a lot of times people end up cheaping out on things that aren't phones when it's like the gear is there, it's all there. ARM processors up the wazoo, and you're not using them all the time. Anyway, so yes, there is a new Fuji GFX. GFX, baby. Uh, which is uh, 50 megapixels, uh, not six launch lines. As I think three are launching. The rest of them are coming by the end of 2017. Oh, by the end. Okay. So, okay. So there's going to be three at some point in 2017 when the thing actually launches. Uh, and the, then three by the end. The EVF can pull off and you can put it on and tilt it around in different directions. Like you can kind of like lift it up and look down into it. Right. Um, and uh, it's going to be about ten grand with uh, with with a sixty three millimeter lens. I was hoping that they would go a little lower on the price. Honestly, uh, David Hobby said that. Uh, what was his quote? Uh, hold on one sec. Keep keep talking. Um, I w look. It's a fifty one megapixel sensor. It is the same sensor that the Pentax and the Phase and the Hasselblad use. If it's not the exact same one, it's some variation of it because it's they Fuji uses Sony sensors and it's the same exact specs in every other regard. Um, the one thing I will say they I watched the launch event via a weird live stream thing from somebody's phone. Right. And listening to the Jap, first of all, the Japanese presenters really need to watch some Steve jobs presentations because it was the driest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, and the things that they chose to present as being the big features were things like, you know, 4,000 lines of resolution and you're just like, or whatever the thing was, you know, some like really weird detailed optical spec and all the people in the audience are like, Oh, you know, and I was like, wow, right, that's a really right. odd thing to use as your first thing you're bringing up. Um, but one of the things they talked about was the fact that you could Lots of cropping in cameras. So you can crop square, you can crop four by five, you can crop two by three. Wait, and this is on the what? The the Fuji. Yeah, okay. Um, all, right. all things, of course, you could do in post later, I uh, guess. But, okay, know. found it. Uh, David Hobby writes, uh, yep, first it. impressions, whisper quiet. Yep. Three by four foot displayed prints look insane. Sure. Very light, hand-holdable, short flange, adaptable to many lenses. Yep. Uh, no info on sync. Uh, 110 mil F2 coming. Toshi said price goal is quote well under 10,000 with lens. Uh, uh, he says ergonomics are much better. He says insane, much better than most DSLRs. Feels like it was made by my hand for my hand. Yep. Um, operation snappy, accurate focus. It's like a small chip AF. Just got a big chip. Just got to big chip cameras. Uh, very light, could carry all day, much better than full-size DSLR, honker of a battery, very quiet, silky shutter, no mirror. Thwip. Yep. Yeah. I, it, you know, for me personally, I'm still leaning towards the Pendax for cost availability of lenses, a lot of used lenses. You know, I could spend $2,000 on used lenses and get everything I want. Yeah, versus sure. Versus buying new lenses, which is sure. kind of scary. And it's always scary when somebody puts out a new format 
Because there's mm-hmm. been formats that come out and then two lenses get and then they end up canceling the rest of them because it doesn't sell. I, yeah, but and then that's I mean, the kind of stuff I'm worried about. Fuji's making glass for Hasselblad. They know medium format lenses. Ab- no, no, no. I'm not saying they're not making good lenses. I'm wondering if if this you thing doesn't sell well for platform. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you don't know, right? They're yeah. saying that it's going to in for the long haul, but of course they're saying that it's a press release. And right. I'm also wondering when in 2017 it's actually going to get released. If it's May 1st, well, that's nine months away. It's like, I'm not waiting nine months to buy a new camera. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of, in fact, all of the big cameras, they were announced, but they're not out until next year. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is Photokina. It's like the big show, right? Sure. Uh, Sony, uh, brand new DSLR. Nobody saw this one coming. This the is kind of So this is the this is the what's left over from their Minolta purchase, right? Essentially, this sort of weird hybrid semi-translucent mirror is it, box. This is the semi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this full is frame, that stuff. Forty-two megapixel, four K video, no crop, unlike right. the Mark IV. Um, Three hundred ninety-nine focal plane AF sensors, twelve right. frames per second, stabilization built in, five axis. I wonder if this is um, this is essentially the 42 megapixel. This is probably the A7R2 sensor in a box with a mirror. You know thought, what I mean? Was, I thought the A7R2 was 36 megapixels. No, the R2 is 42. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's it's bigger and better than the R1, which was 36, I think. And like three grand um, for the body. Yep. Yeah. I wonder why Sony's been putting out a lot of good cameras. And yes, there are, you know, people obviously using the Sony's and the A7R2, but they haven't taken the world by storm. I wonder why. You know, is it is it lens know. availability? Is it, I mean, um, they have a lot of glass, but some of it's amazingly good Zeiss stuff. Some of it's kind of okay glass from what I understand. Patrick says that the he's got one. He's got the A7, what does he have? The A7R or the A7 II? One of those I think he's got. Okay, and he said the lenses, you know, like their twenty four seventy is an f four, so they don't have a lot of fast glass, and right. the glass that they do have is really expensive. He's got the the fifty, I think his fifty one eight was a grand. Right, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money um, for a fifty prime. You know, we used uh, we used uh, uh, FS seven on that that uh, video shoot I did a couple weeks uh-huh. ago, uh-huh. Um, and we used the. I guess it was a 16 to 35 or 16 to 24 and a 24 to 70 F4 zooms. And they were fine. But you know what both of them had, Jeffrey? And you're going to hate this. They're both fly-by-wire. Oh, so, stop with and the fly-by-wire. N- not only fly-by-wire, but fly-by-wire to the point where the focus ring would just keep spinning. Like there was no sense of when it ever ended. It That's just the way sort of, the Fujis work. Yeah. They just keep spinning, spinning, yep. spinning. And that is just just no bueno couldn't couldn't at all. you institute like a magnetic like a lock that you yeah, could so engage it feels, or disengage? So it feels like yeah, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, and there's always the delay, right? So it's it just just as like one frame of reference, right? So yeah, I've 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 seen that myself. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Forty two megapixels, great. You know, I think a lot of people who are going to buy a Mark IV are buying it because they have a ton of Canon glass. They like Canon Probably. stuff. Probably. I mean, it's certainly not going to be a bad camera. It's supposed to be a really nice camera, you know? So it just comes down to handling and and whatnot. Then there's all these crazy Panasonics. GH5. GH5. So 4K at 60p. 4K at 60p, 422, 10-bit. The 10-bit is only at 30p. Okay, so if you're doing... at 60p. So if you're doing uh, 30 frames per second, you get 10-bit video. So it's 422 in... Oh, Okay. 422 10-bit in-camera. I wonder if the codec's any good. All these uh, things should start recording ProRes internally. 
if it's you know if it's an ext- the, the GH4 is is very widely loved. Right, right. right. So this one's just going to be better. Um, yeah. They've got a 6K photo mode. So 18 megapixel stills you can pull from the stream. Oh, I see. So wait, so you can't you can't record video in 6K? No. Or you can't? Okay. No, the, the 6K, from what I understand, is is their photo mode. Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, and they've got an update to the G7. The G85 is what they're calling it. Okay. 16 megapixel. Basically, it's the GX85 in the G7 kind of form factor, that mini DSLR form factor. Okay. So, um, sort of like the uh, X-T2 kind of factor? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Sort of a prism where, you know, a prism style. Yeah. Uh, Post focus. So, they've got, you can choose focus afterwards. Focus stacking, which is yeah, kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. Post focus. Uh, change focus in post? Yeah. How are they doing that? It shoots multiple shots, and you can you can drag your finger along a stack of oh, of it's it's taking photos. a bunch of pictures every time you take a picture, sort of like an iPhone does the 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 burst kind of thing. Is that is that kind uh, of fun? similar? But it's but it's racking focus during the yeah, shots. it's racking yeah, focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, five um, axis. You know the whole stabilization in body. I am so really surprised that that Canon and Nikon haven't picked that up. Me too. That seems like something that would be really easy to do. Me too. Yeah. And obvious and everyone wants it. I don't know. It's just uh, easier. The EM1 Mark II. This is the, out of all of the announcements, this is probably the one that's got me the most excited. Interesting. 20 megapixel. They There were two sensors. This is interesting. I was reading about this the other day. There were two sensors that they were debating between. The engineers wanted to go with this 16 megapixel stacked sensor what does that, that mean that records it records light it's all from what i gather it's almost like the foveon ah okay so sensors. It's, so you're you're grabbing the pixels in the same logical in the same physical space yeah but you're grabbing you're grabbing a lot more light you're grabbing a lot more data from what i understand i don't okay. know the, the, the all of the science behind it uh but it they're apparently not ready for prime time and the marketing people wanted to go with the basically the same 20 megapixel sensor that's in the gx8 Okay, uh, and that's that's a, a variation of that is what they've gone for. Uh, apparently, it's got uh, handheld high res shot mode. So that's the they, thing where it takes is shifts the uh, the sensor just a little bit to basically yep. make a high res version. It gives you, I think it's a forty eight megapixel still. Right. How long does that take? Do you know? They're I mean, saying it's it going to be handheld, shots. so it's uh, a sixtieth of a second is what is what they'll do all of it in a sixtieth of a second. That's what they're saying. Wow. Okay. Um, 18 frames per second with continuous autofocus. Okay. In raw. Okay. Stabilized. And then they've got this, they've got this pro shot mode where it will take, I think they said 12, if on a half press, it'll take 12 images before you press and then another eight after you press <laughs> remember the times when processors got really really powerful in computers and they just started throwing processor power issues like software things i feel like right. we're just throwing storage at, at photo issues we're yeah, just gonna take just to do whatever we can to you're fill gonna take the one we're gonna take 73 pictures and merge them all and do this and give you options to do stuff afterwards and just fill the buffer yeah it's interesting. Yeah, no word on price. Again, 2017. It's of this list. If you're looking at bang for the buck, the G85 looks pretty amazing. Sure, it's, 700 it's bucks. 700 Gee. bucks for you know a weather sealed 4K camera that shoots at nine frames per second. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, as long as 16 megapixels is enough for you, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, one other thing. Apparently, the GFX, from what I understand, does not uh, is not Xtrans uh, filter that's in right. part of it. That's right. Which I'm very surprised by because that's sort of their special sauce. That's yeah. I mean, the only thing in the line that doesn't have the X-Trans is the, what, with the A70? Isn't that what it's called? Mm, yeah, a- the little tiny one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, so I'm surprised because that's uh, that was the interesting thing about those. So you don't have to worry about more A. You, you, know, you don't have any other AA filter because it sort of takes care of all that. So then I wonder if it will not use the the film simulations. Oh, a lot I'm of, sure it'll do the film simulations. You, you think? Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, they don't need the X-Trans for that, do they? I mean, I the X-Trans know. was all about just breaking up for people who don't know. So like normal uh, Bayer pattern right in front of the sensor, you have the red, green, blue, green little pattern. And then it takes all those and interpolates a single color for a single pixel in post in the. Uh, but the problem is, is that because those are always in the same order on a lot of on most cameras with, with, with the Bayer sensors, you end up, you can get aliasing and weird stuff happening. What, what Fuji ended up doing was basically making it so the reds and the greens and the blues were sort of more randomly patterned over the sensor and it broke up any sort of issues with the, uh, so you don't have to use an anti-aliasing filter and the X-Trans. And it's what made the X-Trans sensors really amazing in the Fuji cameras. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's also this idea of the, the Bayer sensor. It's from what I understand, it's just a, 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 uh, a, a very small grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Also, there's this. There is the fact that you know, as you get more megapixels, you don't have to worry about Moray anyway. You know, like right. the, the, it's, the 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 patterns that Moray end up becoming smaller and smaller and smaller as your megapixels get bigger, bigger, bigger. You know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's just it's uh, interesting. Anyway, a a a a overabundance of amazing gear. Is that fair to say? Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, sure. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's weird that, that we've gone to, and they did this, you know, with, with the, uh, with the GH5, well, even with the EM that we've gone to now these pre-announcements, you know, yeah, it's sort of like the trailer stuff. for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, and, tune in tonight when you're going to see a teaser trailer of the upcoming trailer for the upcoming film. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the teaser trailer is just. Uh, 15 seconds of the music with the logo zooming in and out. <laughs> right, you know right. what I'm talking about? They do that sometimes. Yes. <laughs> it's like this gives you the feel of the feel right, right. of dun, the logo. Dun, dun. Like this Typography coming who, soon. You know who does that right? Uh, Marvel does that all the time. Like all right. those superhero movies. Right. Look, oh my God. It's it's the Superman logo and the Batman logo bumping into each other. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The preview of the new movie. Um, anyway, uh, you got anything else to say about Photokina at the moment? No, I, I, no, I would just the, imagine the, the, that it's overwhelming. The Fuji does look really cool. I, I, there, there is always the. I want to see how good the EVF is, and if it is, if the battery I mean, if, life if holds up to in, it. If they came in next week, Bill, and said, you know what, and it was eight grand with the eight lens, grand. Yeah, I would, I would definitely go. Would you and hold play off? With it. Uh, yeah, I would hold off and go look at it and play with it. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing is like, there's really nothing that the, I mean, the image quality, the Pentax and this should be almost identical, assuming good lenses, you know, it's pretty much the same sensor. Um, so there is this question of, you know, is there anything that the Pentax doesn't do that this one does? Well, this one's a little smaller, maybe, 
you know, I yeah, mean, it's, it's yeah. smaller depth wise, but it's not changing the world size wise, uh, from, from what I've seen mm-hmm. and, and more electronics, you know, more stuff that could theoretically break. Yeah. I mean, if you, I don't know, you think the, the Fuji store in New York city might have one of these things. Do you think? Is there, there's a Fuji store in New York? Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. if they don't have one now, I'm sure they're going to have one before launch. Yeah. You know, just to maybe an, and, even if uh, it's under glass, they'll, they'll probably have. Yeah. One. And I know somebody who knows somebody who works at Fuji. So I may actually see if like, if they get one into Fuji, New York offices or something like that, I can go buy and play with one, you know? Yeah. But, but, but again, if I can get a, a six four five Z for five grand used and spend $2,000 on lenses, I'm at seven grand for a whole kit. Yeah, this thing sure. is $10,000 plus how much is the glass going to be at least 1500 or two grand a, a, a piece, you know? Uh, I think that's probably safe. Sure. Right. So yeah. like then yeah. I'm spending 15 grand as opposed to seven grand. It's like, well, uh, I can't double for what it being a little smaller. It's right. Like, mm, I, I can't justify that, you know? Um, anyway, interesting though. It's a very, very cool tech and I'd love to play with one. Um, we talked last week, we used a photographer named Jacob Reese to talk about yep. uh, how the other half lives. Uh, Christopher Wilson wrote in to point out a photographer named Jimmy Forsyth because we had mentioned that they were a bunch of rich white guys who came in and were taking pictures <laughs> of poor people. Right. Um, this guy, Jimmy Forsyth. <laughs> it's just funny how, how just a bunch of rich, white, just the inflection yeah. on your how voice there those, was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Rich white guys. Uh, Jimmy Forsyth right there. was a, uh, was a photographer, 1913 and ni- uh, 2009, uh, amateur photographer who was sort of a, a blue collar guy from Wales who started taking pictures of, of, of people and places in, in England over that time and mass unemployment and all this kind of stuff. And so sort of a, a guy taking pictures of the people around him. Uh, and his work is beautiful and I didn't want to use, use him as photographer, photographer of the week since we just did, uh, Reese. But uh, there's a guy named Jimmy Forsyth. I'll put a link in the show notes, and uh, his work is lovely. Um, as that, I, I love this this uh, accounting of his personal life. Forsyth never married. Having moved to Tyneside, he lived in a succession of digs and apartments, an early abode he called a half brothel, quote unquote. From 1952, he was in a Tyneside flat uh, at 353 Scottswood Road, and this was his home until the bulldozers called in 1963. The conclusion to his life from 1983 was spent in the development known as the Cedars. Yeah. So this guy was like living in the spaces that he shot, which I think is just a different way of, of looking at it. And uh, interesting. I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all rich white guys. There's also poor white guys, apparently taking <laughs> pictures of, of uh, people uh, having a hard time. Um, but uh, really interesting stuff. So thank you for sending that in and uh, let's get, let's, let's go to the group. Go to the group. What do you think, people? Uh, assignments. What do you think about remembrance? What do you think about that? I think we got a lot of really nice stuff, actually. Some some really good stuff. Uh, yeah. D- uh, Dilworth's uh, nostalgia train picture is really beautiful. Yeah, I like that. You know, there was something else at the at the National Cathedral. Was it Sunday? It was either Saturday or Sunday. A Great Gatsby themed uh, party gathering type thing at the National Cathedral here in D.C. Really? I didn't go to it, but I read about it. Yeah, I mean, I I have friends who are really into that world, right? Just buy all vintage clothing and all that kind of stuff, which I think is uh, amazing. But that's a whole I would world. like to go to that uh, that race that race for gentlemen in New Jersey next year. Uh, I'm sure you could do that. 
you're going to have to you're going to have to learn how to act like a gentleman before you go but uh well maybe i'll just read about it <laughs> hey uh matthew zoo's picture of the shuttle coming down the street uh yeah uh, that's pretty cool is pretty cool like him holding up the picture i always love mm-hmm. those real ones like that uh yeah dill has got another good one look at mike waller's putting up old stuff that's from a great shot waller with the land rover there yeah are you kidding me how baller is that it's hugely baller <laughs> Nickermat FT with a Nikro 105. That's, so it's, it's oh. Nickermat, not Nikermat. Nickermat. Nickermat. I don't know. I don't know. What is the official way of saying it? Well, Nickermat. And, okay. and in most of the rest of the world, it's Nikon, not Nikon. Oh, I see. Okay. Got it. Um, uh, Michael Ting's picture of the replica Spitfires at the War Memorial from above. That's pretty, pretty really neat. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. There's uh, Jason's picture of the uh, 9-11 Memorial. I like uh, the silhouette, Winslow. That's a yeah. nice silhouette. That's really, I don't know what that is, where, where that's great at. Great name, too. Winslow Whitby. Yeah, Come that's on. great. He's just asking that, to be I famous. wonder if that's the new, no, where is that? What is that, Winslow? Write in, let us know. All right. Should uh, I know? Is that a museum here in town? Should I know where that is? There are 7,400 museums. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm actually looking, uh, just a quick aside, I'm really looking forward to the African American Museum. Yeah, good luck getting in. Sold out September, October, uh, you can get in during the week in November, but weekends are sold out through the end of the year. Yeah. My, my, it opens what next week, this week, uh, I, this weekend. I think with, my sister uh, was supposed to go this last week, you know, cause she works. There, there were so. previews. Uh, the official yeah. opening is this weekend. Mr. And Mrs. Obama will be there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, from what I've seen, it looks uh, really beautiful. Um, yeah. Barry's picture at the, uh, Vietnam Memorial. Bobby Ellis. Tough one. Vietnam Memorial kills me. Uh, uh, Matthew Stodden's yeah. uh, picture of uh, the type, reverse yep. type. That's always mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really good stuff, guys. Remembrance uh, worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, thank really you nice for, for sharing. You guys shared a lot of really personal stuff, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have, uh, oh, Mirror Image? Mirror Image. Yeah. I was going to go with Reversal, but Mirror Image. Mirror so, Image, I like it. I thought that would that could go uh, was a little broader. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I like broads. That's I mean broad, broads good. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> hey, wh- hold on. Uh, you know what? I think I already packed my trombone. We're here all week. <laughs> <laughs> for for the last two hundred and thirty weeks. Right. Um, Mirror of the we- week. Uh, Alexi Titarenko. Alexi Titarenko. Uh, who I did not know about and sort of discovered the other day. A uh, Russian photographer who now lives in New York City, from what I understand. Uh, but he was he was born in Leningrad, well, St. Petersburg, uh, in the 60s, and lived through the whole transition of the Soviet Union from uh, communist to uh, theoretically some sort of democratic <laughs> uh, right. version of democracy and took some is, is really well known for an early nineties series uh, called city of shadows, which yep. were these long exposure black and whites of people going in and out of train stations, uh, which are amazing. Yeah. Um, they're pretty incredible. And uh, there, I I'll put a, some links in the show notes, but I mean, he ends up uh, he, apparently he plays a lot with, uh, 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 bleaching and 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 doing some little solarization kind of stuff to to really lower 
and raise different parts of contrast of his images in the darkroom because he's shooting mm-hmm. film, or at least mm-hmm. definitely was back then. Uh, but the idea of long exposure and intentional camera movements and street photography, he was one of the guys who really uh, brought that into the fold 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, I, I think his stuff is really beautiful. You have anything, you have anything to say specifically? No, I really like uh, uh, that city of shadows work. I, I wasn't uh, aware of much of his other work. I had seen that series kind of in passing uh, but it was it was uh, the, probably the same thing that you saw the the the, the art of photography uh, video where where Ted ran into him at uh, at a show and and yeah. got to talking to him and and ended up doing a little vignette on him. Um, yeah, in fact, that was the first time that I saw. I actually saw that video after I found him. Otherwise, so I went the mm-hmm. other direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like this idea of. I mean, I you know I've done my own long exposure stuff uh myself and i the idea of mixing long exposure especially in places where people are it's like the you know if you lock down the camera the buildings aren't moving but the people are and it kind of plays with this idea of permanence and, and impermanence of of humanities and like your lifetime and how much stuff sure be left sure. over and i think there's something really beautiful in that whole idea you know i i wonder how like what was involved in getting specifically the city of shadows getting the people to be there in the way that they are because if you if you went too long <clears throat> excuse me if you went too long the people are going to disappear altogether yeah don't be end up being anything i don't think these exposures are as long as you think they are i think hmm. maybe it's a couple seconds um because you see uh for example there's you know ones where they're going up the stairs and you see hands on the railing and you'll see the same hand twice which means it's hand step hand you know it's mm-hmm. it's not much longer than that because otherwise you'd see the hand all the way up the thing and you need to have some sort of level of <laughs> i have some experience in this matter if yeah if you go too long it just becomes this sea of mush right it just becomes nothing and you kind of see through the people uh right well i mean what, there's the series that we that we talked about a couple <clears throat> years ago where the the new york was empty right exactly and you can do that kind of stuff in photoshop by doing averages of of multiple images and that kind of stuff which is actually pretty neat but but yeah, I think part of it is that he has enough people that it blacks out what's behind regardless. So mm-hmm. it's not like a single person walking through the frame. So you end up seeing what's behind the person for most of the time, you know, because they're not in front of everything all the time. Right. But if you have this, if you have a crowd of people rushing into a train station, well, they're blocking everything that's behind. So you sort of have this built in wall of of nothing uh, or of people rather. I don't know. I just I think they're beautiful. I would love a print of one of these if I had the money. Um, they're well, very, very know, cool. Don't buy a new medium format camera and just buy one of these. <laughs> then I won't be able to make any more money so I can, so right. I can well, buy yeah, more but, of them. But you'll have a... But I'll have these. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you uh, um, think about somebody deciding... I mean, there are some color ones here, but almost entirely black and white. What's what's your feeling on on the sort of sticking with black and white as 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 a thing? Is that a... Uh, a, a completely reasonable choice or an artistic choice nowadays? Uh, I think it's, I think it's, it's reasonable to, to go either way. I mean, I think some people, uh, their subject matter fits black and white. I think this is a great example of this work feels like it should be black and white. Now that said, I think the Havana <laughs> series, because Havana is, is such a, uh, there are such terrific bodies of work around Havana and Cuba that are color. I think I'd like to see that in color, but I don't know if it would have the same impact. 
Yeah, I mean, there's always the case for the timelessness of black and white, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and these aren't straight black and white, to be clear. Yeah, these are these are all stuff, toned yeah. one side or the other. Looks like uh, that sort of uh, cream color highlights and maybe a little bit of mm, yeah, that's like a little a, bit of tone in the shadow. That's like a, a bleach tone. bypass thing, I think. Yeah. yeah. How I mean, in the city of shadows one man? Like, there's just that. I mean, maybe it's just the depressing Russian grayness or whatever, you know. But there's something about those images. It almost looks like they were taken at night, you know, but I don't think they were. Yeah, the you know? black is just, it's carbon black. It's yeah. so deep. And there's 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 information in the shadows without it just blocking up. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just amazing. It makes me. Anyway, uh, go check out the links. I'll put some in there. Uh, Alexei Tidorenko, uh, great stuff. And uh, yeah, photographer of the week. Yeah. Um, got anything else before we wrap up? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. You're like, I'm done. Done talking. I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm feeling I'm... Uh, almost hoarse today. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's because I... Uh, I think it's because uh, I got stung by that bee the other day. Hornet, looks like. Sounds yeah, like. a wasp. What's the difference between a hornet and a wasp? You've got to have an entomologist somewhere in, the, in our thing. Entomologist? Yeah. Is that a bug person? Something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. All right, podcast at ontakingpictures.com if you want to send I know us they an both email. hurt when they sting you. That's all I know. 347-687-9411 <laughs> is uh, our voicemail if you want to leave us a message, which we always love hearing. Um, and uh, you can find us at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitters and whatnot. Yep. Um, Keep and, posting uh, your sites to the group. Yep. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Wow. So we got to see. Maybe I'll go see that movie this week. It's playing at the film forum, so it's not too far. Oh, uh, camera person? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll see if uh, Claude wants to go or something. I'll go see him. Yeah, movie. I'm sure it's playing somewhere. Wait, wait, where did you find it? Is, are there listings on there's that a, Yeah, there's a find a find a theater or whatever. It's got to be playing somewhere in D.C. In, it's got to uh, be. Maybe yeah. uh, 18th Street? Yeah, where where's like the hipster movie theater in D.C.? Where's Who plays the weird stuff? Well, there's the there's the AFI. Oh, right, of course. That's uh, That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Friday. No show times. Really? You know, uh, if you want to come to New York, you could see it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Really, there's no no show times in. Yeah. The, it's that's, the nation's capital. Yeah, it's really people. Tough. It's really for tough. Crying out loud! Are you yeah. kidding me? Maybe you need to come to the cultural capital. Oh, really? Yeah, but Paris is a long way away. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, I'll talk to you later. All right, have a great week, everyone. See you later. Going on and on the way we are for so long. Too many fools, it's plain to see something's wrong. This way, say what you want to say, though I know your words will lay me out, so I can hear you think out loud, going through your thoughts the way I